In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. I'm your host, Father Ed Broom, Padre Escobita, Oblate of the Virgin Mary. Great to be with you. And as always, we like to start off our conversation honoring Mary. Especially Saturday, which is a day dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray that prayer at the end of the rosary, we call that the Hail Holy Queen. We also invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's turn to Mary on this day we dedicate to her, and today the birthday of St. John the Baptist, that she was present most likely at that. That through Mary's prayers that we would attain to a, a deeper knowledge of Christ a more fervent love love for Christ and a willingness to follow Christ more closely. As we pray, the prayer that Mary loves most, that's the Hail Mary, together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, Mohammed, and blessed is the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual guide. What a great privilege it is to have as our spiritual guide the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known, taken from the sequence on Pentecost, as the sweet guest of our souls. The Holy Spirit is also known as our counselor. Counselor as well as our consoler. And the Holy Spirit is our interior master. St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let us... Lift our gaze to the Holy Spirit and beg the Holy Spirit to help us to get to know Christ better. 
as we pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. The family that prays together stays together. How good it is to be with all of you today in our Perseverance Family Conversation as we try to get to know God better, to love Him more fervently, and to follow Him more closely. That's the grace that we beg for in the spiritual exercises. So, in the Mass I'll be celebrating today, I'll be praying for all of you. Now, place you all on the altar. Of course, there's no greater prayer in the whole world. The prayer par excellence is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Thanks be to God. Thanks to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this great, great gift we have. Eucharist, which means thanksgiving. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, abundantly for the gift of your presence and the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I'd like to place all of you on the altar, offering the following intentions. First intention will be
that all of us that all of us would be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of us would, would be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we can make this prayer ours. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention My second intention will be the following. That for the blessing of our families, for the conversion for the sanctification and the salvation of our families. Finally, I'd like to pray for the dying. Those will be dying through the course of the next 24 hours, especially those who are not well disposed, that through our prayers that they will be saved. Those are my intentions I'd like to place on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. I invite you to pray with me for these important intentions. So my friends, St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord, I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Let us rejoice because we have the Lord with us. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. So today we celebrate the birthday of St. John the Baptist. The birthday of St. John the Baptist. So there's very much to cover today. So I'd like to... Um, Spend as much time as I can with you going through the person, the mission, and the vocation of St. John the Baptist. When we celebrate the life of a saint, like we celebrated uh, two days ago, the memory of St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More, on June 22nd. June 22nd was actually the the death of John Fisher. So the church teaches that the death of the saint or the martyr is his birthday into heaven. That's the teaching of the church, that the saint dies physically, but he goes to live forever in heaven. That should be our most ardent desire in our lives. 
However, only twice do we celebrate the birthday and the death of the individual. And of course, that would be our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We celebrate his birthday every year on December 25th. And every year we celebrate his passion, death, and resurrection in the Easter Triduum. But there's one other saint. There's one other saint which we celebrate both his birthday as well as his day, his death, which is also called his passion. And that is the person of St. John the Baptist, who we celebrate today. So June 24th, we celebrate the birthday of St. John the Baptist. Then after the feast of St. Augustine on August 29th, we celebrate what's called the Passion of John the Baptist. The Passion of the Death of St. John the Baptist. So only, he's the only saint we celebrate the two bookends, his birthday as well as his death. And not only that, but today is a solemnity. Liturgically, when we celebrate a solemnity, it's the highest liturgical character. If you go to Mass, the priest will come out dressed in white to honor the birthday of John the Baptist. The priest will invite the people to pray the Gloria. After the homily, the priest will actually pray the prayer, the uh, the creed, profession of faith. So this is a solemnity, the highest liturgical character that exists. So let's talk about this great, great saint. First of all. And this would be the Gospel today. The Gospel today is taken from St. Luke chapter 1. Is the whole context of the birth of John the Baptist was extraordinary. As you read through the Gospel Luke chapter 1, John the Baptist's parents were very fervent, prayerful, noble, practicing Jews. The name of his mother is St. Elizabeth, and the name of his father is Zechariah, who was actually a Jewish priest. They lived in a place called Ain Karin, which was the mountainous region. And their great suffering, their great suffering is that they longed to have a child. And it didn't come about right away. You know, we see this running out through sacred scripture. 
Abraham and Sarah could not have a child. Finally, they were given their son Isaac. Hannah could not have a child. And finally, God gave her the son whose name was Samuel. Then, perhaps to your surprise, Anna and Joachim could not have a child. And God gave them the Blessed Virgin Mary. And finally, today we have the person of John the Baptist. St. Elizabeth and Zechariah longed to have a child. So let's, let's pray... Let's pray in this for the many, many women that actually are blessed with a child, but they they decide to destroy the child within the womb. We call that abortion. We call that abortion. So let's offer the the prayers and the holiness of St. Elizabeth, Zechariah, and John the Baptist, for many women today that are deciding to go to the abortion clinic to kill their child. Let's also pray for the many who have already killed their child through abortion that they will be converted. Let's pray also for the pro-life movement in our country. Even though it's been about a year since Roe vs. Wade, a year since Roe vs. Wade, actually today, now we are battling on the state level. So let's pray through the birthday of John the Baptist that the pro-life movement will grow stronger and stronger and that we'll be able to eliminate the evil scourge of abortion from our country and from the face of the earth. Aware of the fact that human life is sacred. Human life is sacred from the moment of conception until natural death, life is sacred. As we read in the book of Job, Chapter 1. Naked I came forth from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return to the earth. The Lord gives. And the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So... The Gospel of Luke chapter 1 is we have Zechariah who goes to offer a sacrifice in the Temple of Jerusalem. The Archangel Gabriel announces him that he will have a child with his wife. He doubts because of their old age. And as a result of this, that Zechariah is struck dumb until this is carried out. 
Following up on the birthday of John the Baptist, we have Mary. The Blessed Virgin Mary is very instrumental in the economy of salvation. The Archangel Gabriel goes to Mary and announces to her the good news that she will have a child. And the sign that's given to Mary that she will have a child is that her cousin Elizabeth, who is known to be sterile, is already in her sixth month. Is already in her sixth month because nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Mary gives her consent. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mary conceived Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Following on that passage, it says, In those days Mary went in haste. Mary went in haste. This is the mystery of the visitation. Mary went in haste. You know, my friends, uh, we meditate upon the Bible so that we can understand what God is saying to us, but also we're called to put into practice the Word of God. Our Lord says, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my heavenly Father. So Mary moving in haste is an example for all of us. That when God, when God sends us inspirations, then we should not deny or even delay in carrying out the holy inspirations that God sends to us. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in Meribah and Masa. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? My food is to do the will of my heavenly Father. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to the word. So today in which we receive also heavenly inspirations like Mary, let us move in haste to carry out, to carry out these heavenly inspirations. So in the context of the birthday of John the Baptist that we celebrate today, we can focus upon many different dimensions of this wonderful solemnity. But let's start with the mystery of the visitation. 
in the relationship, the relationship of Mary and Jesus to John the Baptist and St. Elizabeth. So it says that Mary went in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth who lived in the hill country. I once had the privilege of visiting where Elizabeth and John the Baptist was born when I went on pilgrimage about 15 years ago. You have to ascend to arrive. It's in the hill country called Ain Karim. So Mary traveled about 80 kilometers, probably about 55 miles. It would have taken Mary, traveling on foot most likely, would have taken Mary several days to arrive. When Mary was traveling, she was actually a Eucharistic procession. Mary was a Corpus Christi. She was a Eucharistic. She was a Eucharistic procession. A Eucharistic procession. So, in the Ignatian contemplation, we would be invited to contemplate Mary, to see Mary to contemplate her gestures, to meditate upon her words, and to derive fruit from this. And then, enter into colloquy. So you can imagine yourself traveling with Mary to arrive at Elizabeth, where John the Baptist is in a room, where John the Baptist will be born. We have... The well-known song in Spanish and Italian is called Santa Maria del Camino, which means Our Lady of the Way. Wherever we go, we want to travel with Mary. We want Mary to be our traveling companion on our highway to heaven. You might imagine yourself walking with Mary side by side, it says she went in haste to worship Christ within her. And you can talk to Mary. Talk to Mary and tell her what's going on in your life. Talk to Mary and tell her what is going on in your life. What is going on in your life? Talk to Mary and tell her how you feel. Talk to her about your joys and your sadness. Talk to her about your your goals, your dreams. Talk to her also about your desolation. She'll listen to you. She understands you. She'll give you support. She'll give you strength. So Mary is traveling those several days 
And why not travel with Mary? Travel with Mary. My, then Mary, finally she arrives at the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah in Ein Karin. This arrival of Mary would have produced great joy. Of course, this would have been a surprise visit. Think about when we have a surprise visit of a of a friend, a relative we haven't seen for a long time. What joy that produces in 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 seeing this uncle or aunt or brother or sister or old friend. After many years, we haven't seen this person. And now we're able to see this person and we can rejoice in it. So Mary arrives and she sees Elizabeth. And Mary greets Elizabeth. She greets Elizabeth. Let's spend a short time on that whole concept of greeting. Most likely the word that Mary would have said in greeting would have been Shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word of greeting. And Shalom means peace be with you. Peace be with you. Here's a question to you. When you're drawn close to someone that you recognize, do you greet the person first or do you wait for that person to greet you? It's a good question. If... We're always waiting for someone to greet us first. Hidden in that is a kernel of selfishness. But if we take the initiative to greet the person first, there are these virtues. Humility because you're putting another one first as well as charity. So taking the initiative to greet someone, you're going to be growing in humility and you're going to be growing in charity, fraternal charity. And those are two very important virtues in our spiritual life. We want to grow in humility. We pray to Jesus who is meek and humble of heart. Also, we want to grow in charity. Charity means love. Love for God and love for neighbor. So 
So Mary greets Elizabeth with the word Shalom. And Elizabeth, this encounter is, is of great importance. Elizabeth responds to Mary's greeting with these words. Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. So that response to Mary's greeting, Shalom, on the part of Elizabeth, is part of the Hail Mary, in which we say, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So the first part of the Hail Mary comes from the Archangel Gabriel who greets Mary as hail full of grace. The following part of the Hail Mary is taken from the visitation. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So we call to mind these two biblical encounters, the Archangel Gabriel and St. Elizabeth as being part of the Hail Mary. And we pray every day, and hopefully at least 50 times a day when we pray our Holy Rosary. Now Elizabeth has John the Baptist within, and that's what we celebrate today, the birthday of John the Baptist. And Elizabeth continues. She says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Then Elizabeth goes on to say, Elizabeth goes on to say, Who am I? Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Because of the sound of your greeting, the baby leapt within my womb. And blessed are you for your firm belief that the words of the Lord would be accomplished in you. My friends, those are all the words that were uttered by St. Elizabeth upon the greeting of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the baby within her womb, the baby within her womb, who is John the Baptist, leaps for joy. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now according to St. Augustine, known as the Doctor of Grace, 
he says that John the Baptist was conceived in original sin. However, through the words of Mary, through the greeting of Mary, and through the silent presence of Jesus within the womb of Mary, John the Baptist was actually sanctified in the womb of his mother Elizabeth. How can we interpret that? My friends, the closer that we get to Mary, who is the full of grace, the more she's going to help us to liberate ourselves, to free ourselves from the poison of sin. For that reason, we pray to Mary, O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. This is a beautiful encounter that we can derive much profit today as we celebrate the the birthday, the nativity, the birthday of John the Baptist. Then after Mary listens to the inspired words of her cousin Elizabeth, then Mary, from the depths of her most pure immaculate heart, Mary proclaims with these words that we pray every evening when we pray Vespers, priests and religious, as well as you can be praying evening prayer too if you like. Those words are, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he's looked upon the lowliness of his handmaid. Henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For the Almighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. His mercy extends from generation to generation on those who fear him. And holy is his name. He's cast down the powerful from their thrones. And he's lifted up the holy. He sent the rich away empty. But he's filled the hungry with good things. He remembers his servant Abraham. As well as his descendants. My friends. That beautiful, beautiful, beautiful prayer 
that you've just heard right now is actually called the Magnificat. The Magnificat. Saint Louis de Montfort, who has bequeathed upon us that spiritual Marian classic of consecration to Mary, known as true devotion to Mary, St. Louis de Montfort says the Magnificat is a beautiful prayer that we can say after Holy Communion in which we have Jesus within our hearts as did Mary and we can break out and praise and worship and glorifying God It's called the Magnificat because it begins with these words. My soul magnifies the Lord. Some translation, my soul does magnify the Lord or glorify the Lord. Mary is teaching us by these beautiful words to live out what St. Ignatius says in the principle and foundation. We are called, my friends, we are called, my friends, we're, we're called, my friends, the purpose of our life is we're called to praise God, like Mary, to reverence God, like Mary, to serve God, like Mary. So that we can save our souls and be with God forever, praising and worshiping God through the heart and the eyes of Mary. So Elizabeth and Mary have this wonderful, wonderful encounter in the visitation. in the visitation. Indeed, there are many, many ideas or themes or topics that we can derive from this. Many. But one that has to be mentioned In this passage, as Mary visits Elizabeth, Mary will spend at least a good three months with Elizabeth until the little John the Baptist is born. Mary will be supporting Elizabeth. However, this has to be said. is that the moral problem of the taking away of innocent life 
which we call abortion. This is still the most important moral problem we have in the country. And we've made some strides. A year ago today, Roe vs. Wade was overturned. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. However, it doesn't mean is that it doesn't mean that the battle is over. Rather, it's been thrown into the state. So the state determines this topic. Now, this biblical passage that I mentioned, other visitation, Mary greeting Elizabeth in the baby within the womb of Saint Elizabeth, the person of Saint John the Baptist, aware of Mary's word, aware of the grace of God being communicated through Christ, who is within the womb of Mary. The baby leaps for joy. The baby leaps for joy. My friends, of all the biblical passages we have, all the biblical passages we have that promote pro-life. That promote pro-life. This passage is this passage is one of the best. And when abortions are carried out One of the reasons why they carry out abortion would be quality of life. That's the misnomer or the lie or or the euphemism that's often used. It's a euphemism. It's a lie. It's a misnomer. It is. In which women that have abortions will say, well, I'm too young to have a child. I'm a teenager. The other side of the of the spectrum would be, well, I'm too old. I'm in my late thirties or I'm already forty. So those are the two sides of the spectrum. I'm too young. I'm too old to have a child. Which is very, very interesting because in this biblical passage, this pro-life biblical passage par excellence of the visitation of Mary to St. Elizabeth, we have those two scenarios. 
we have a very young woman and we have a very old woman. The very young woman, of course, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Most likely she was a teenager. Most likely she was a teenager. A teenager. Then Elizabeth Then Elizabeth was an older woman way beyond having a child, the age of having a child. So both Mary and Elizabeth in the modern secularistic, hedonistic, materialistic American society, both Mary and Elizabeth would be prime candidates in the medical field in the United States and many places to strongly encourage them not to have the child. Because of what is called quality of life. We want to make sure that the child has the opportunity to have quality of life. Quality of life. But we know what happened. We know that Mary said yes to life. When she said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to that word. And we know that St. Elizabeth, in her old age, rejoiced that God took away her shame. We know that St. Elizabeth said yes to life. One woman, according to modern criteria, was just too young. Another one was too old. And be buying, being so old at that age, the child would probably have a lot of birth defects. The mother, in giving birth to the child, might have a heart attack or a stroke. And we know about the birth of these two children. We know that Jesus was born of Mary in the stable of Bethlehem. Because Mary said yes to life. She said to life, to the person who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And because of this person, all of us, will be able to experience eternal life in heaven one day. And Elizabeth 
will give birth to the great Saint John the Baptist. John the Baptist was born. And this was a source of great joy to Elizabeth, to Zechariah, and all the people that lived in the area. And at the birth of John the Baptist, Zechariah's mouth was open and he praised God by the Benedictus. Upon the birth of John the Baptist, the day arrived for the naming of John the Baptist. Everyone expected the child to be given the name of his father, Zechariah. But Elizabeth said, no, he will be called John. They were all surprised. So a tablet was given to Zechariah, his father. And Zechariah, his father, wrote down on the tablet his name is John. This is the great John the Baptist who will go before the Lord to prepare his way. Who would say, he must increase and I must decrease. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandal straps. I'm nothing more than a voice crying out in the desert to prepare the way of the Lord. There is so much in this wonderful solemnity we celebrate today. But let's pray, let's pray to St. Elizabeth. Let's pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And let's pray to St. John the Baptist. Let's pray to them. Let's pray to them that in our lives we would magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. That our lives will be like John the Baptist, a signpost pointing to Christ. As John the Baptist said to his disciples, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So may God bless all of you through the person in the powerful prayers of John the Baptist. And I will give you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. 
May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.